Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. And if you don't want to use your cup, He says, I've given you hands. Grab your hands and scoop that water up and drink so that he may refresh you. Some of you during worship were struggling because you were too busy thinking about your shortcomings and your failures instead of looking at what God's trying to provide for you. So God will wrestle with you to deconstruct you so that he can reconstruct you because your breakthrough is always here because he'll never leave you or forsake you to the end of time. What you need to understand is that your adversity is to cause you to grow in faith. Because so often we as the believer, everybody say believer. We as believers operate by how we feel and what we see instead of whom we know. And feelings are good. You can't love without having a feeling. But God says the only way to please me is by faith. Everybody say faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, certain of what we cannot see. So we need to understand what God is looking for is the obedience in faith. The obedience in faith. You are God's number one passion. You are God's number one love. You are God's number one mercy. He said, I I desire mercy above judgment. But we've established looking at the church and living our relationship off the church. But in the world, we're not being the church. We don't hold outreaches unless the church orchestrates it. You know, we wait for the pastors to instruct us to lift hands or to dance. But have you ever heard the voice of the Lord? Can you be like the thief on the cross and say, Lord, remember me. Remember me, Lord. Remember why you made me. Remember that I'm called to bring you glory and honor. I know that I fail in mistakes, but you take my mistakes and turn it into a miracle and use it as a weapon against the enemy, oh God. Remember me. So we beat ourselves up more than the devil. And we need to remember, beloved, that the devil has no more power over you than what that which you give him. Because you are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And God says the work that I've begun in you, not outside of you. The flesh counts for nothing. But the work that I've begun in you, I will complete. So when you get in his way, he'll wrestle with you. Like if you come into the church trying to attack the pastors or anybody in here, you got to be demon to possess to mess with these big boys. They'll knock you out. Because I got to come down here, Pastor. I feel crazy. I got to drop foot. Let me walk. Let me walk for a little bit. Okay, come on, brother. Yeah, see, I got a big brother on my side. Come on, somebody. And so I want to encourage you, number one, that God is not mad at you. But he's madly in love with you. You need to hear what the voice of the Lord is saying all this morning through song, through prayer, through worship, regardless of our attitudes, regardless of what we're looking at on the outside, regardless of how we feel. The devil is working very hard to keep you from engaging with the spirit. And if that doesn't tell you how important you are, I don't know what will, because the devil never messes with people he already owns. 
He's after the Christian. He's after the believer who's connected to God. He's after the believer to discourage them. And the evidence that things going so chaotic in your life should tell you the importance of the assignment that God has for your life. So I want to encourage you that today. I'm an evangelist. That's just the office I operate in. But I'm a sinner saved by grace. Help me somebody. I've been walking with the Lord for 35 years. And it's not because of me. It's because of him. See, he is faithful even when you're not. Help me, somebody. So I, I want to get to this because I know we're a little bit on time. So I need you to engage, not with me, but the voice of the Lord. Everybody say the voice of the Lord. Because God has chosen you. Somebody's chosen you. He's chosen you, not as an unworthy vessel, but a worthy vessel. Worthy to carry the good news of Jesus Christ. Worthy with good news to carry Jesus Christ, regardless of your past, regardless of your background, regardless of your degree. God says, I've got good news, and you're the best that I've ever made, and I want to use you to be my witness. If you ever want to be a better dad, a better husband, a better student, a better athlete, a better businessman, the only way that you get to be that is to become a better son or daughter of Christ. See, I know that the word has been written God inspired man to write his word. And I know that it's been edited and omitted. But I also know that I'm saved. I don't need nobody to tell me if I'm saved or not. Because when I got saved, I got sealed. I got sealed with the Holy Spirit. And even though the Bible may be edited and omitted, I don't care about all that. I don't know all the Greek. I don't know all that stuff. But what I do know, the voice of God, the spirit of a holy God that will lead me into all the righteousness of God, which is Christ Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So God is willing to still teach you if you're willing to receive him. You have to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit because he's going to deal with issues in your life. Not because he's mad at you, but to unclog that artery so that you can, blood can flow freely, so that you can flow freely as a vessel to the people that God has already assigned in your life. Your mom, your dad, your sister, your brothers, your grandparents, you got to engage yourself with the voice of the Holy Spirit. Can the church say amen? amen. So last week, Don sent me a video, saw you all busting out. Ooh, I was busting out. But my question to you, what happened today? Do we start a movement and just drop it off? Can you still see the goodness of God when you go through trials, tribulations, and storms and rains? See, God doesn't need just a worship team. He doesn't need the keyboard. He doesn't need the drum. You are his instrument. And you got to get used to putting up your praise when you have nothing else to count on. Come on, somebody. And that's why we need to think and remember about the goodness of God because, see, he could have killed you in sin. But he chose to deliver you out of sin. So let me get right to this. This is my beautiful wife, Yolanda. That's my brown sugar. Come on, somebody. The ladies can clap. Men, I'm watching you. Come on, somebody. Amen. So I want to get straight to the word. If you have a Bible, go to Acts 16, 31. And I want to speak to you for a few moments. And I'm going to show you something in a minute. I want to speak to you the theme called Secure the Word. Say that with me. Secure the Word. So as an evangelist, I come to stir up the church. Most of the time I get in trouble in the church. That's all right. It's all good because I know my calling. I can't expect the world to accept me. And the problem is, why do we fight so much amongst each other? Well, God says, you know, I'm about unity. I call you away from sin. 
but we choose to bring sin into the unity that God has developed for us to be in union with Christ. And so he says, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love one another and love your enemies. That's why Jesus said, if you have any all with anybody in here at the family, take care of your business at the altar first, and they're going to make, make things right. Yes. So here I was in Edison High School. If you have that movie clip, I want to show you something. Edison High School is on the south side of Stockton. Nothing good happens on the south side of Stockton. It's like Nazareth. And, uh, and these are a lot of... Ooh, ooh, well, we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll let that go. Ooh. So what I'm doing... I'm ripping the phone book. Come on, somebody. We got to say his name in a public school. These are young men, Section 8 living, no daddies in the home, barely making it, don't want to do grade school. They were just so lack of authority, but I came in under the assignment of God. And I demand respect because I gave respect. And I talked about who changed my life. I talked about how Jesus likes to play football. He's in the game called life. You're working for this pigskin, but God is working in your behalf to give you eternal life. Begin to give them purpose and surround themselves with people of like purpose so they can see their purpose fulfilled. This is evangelism on a public school, but when I go to Christian schools, this is what we get. Can I say this to you in love before we get in this word? I want to speak to you, the adults. Stop trying to pay your kids back for what happened to you in church and let them be free. See, I watched all these little kids here going off down. Somebody was, (laughs) I got a bad leg. I can't do it like he did. (laughs) And they're involved with taking place that's coming from the platform. Very few adults showed up. So what are we saying to our kids who are having a zeal on fire for God? That when they look back and see the adults who say you going to church because I told you to go to church. That when you get, dad, when I get your age will I be sitting back there too with my hands folded? See, See, God gave you children as a gift and in that gift he wants you to set the example Because you're the closest thing to God that they will ever know until God introduces himself to them personally to develop their own faith. That's just a challenge I want to give you. I saw you getting your groove on, like I said, last Sunday, and I'm waiting. I was waiting for it to bust out. And that's why you have to get engaged with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you right now, if some of y'all would have came out like you did last week, you would have got a breakthrough. Some of you may even got healed. Some of you would have got new hope and refreshing. But you're, not, you're here to engage, not to spectate. Amen? Yes. So Acts 16, 31 says, secure the word. 
The definition of secure is simply this, is to fix oneself or fasten oneself and fix oneself to something or someone that has been, before it gets loose or lost. How many know we lost in the garden? Help me somebody. We lost in the garden through Adam and Eve, and I'm pretty upset about that because we didn't have a choice. It was set forth because through one man's sin, we all have sinned. Guilty as charged. I wasn't even born yet. And then it also means it will help you to prevent from criminal activity. We, we committed a felony against God in the garden. And yet God did not just judge us. God came chasing after us so that we can be redeemed through Christ Jesus. That's the definition of secure. You cannot have greater security, beloved, than being in the word of God and God being inside of you. Can the church say amen? amen. So one of the things that God does, he gives us an assignment. What is his assignment? Well, I have some issues with Paul and Silas. Now, before he was Paul, he was Saul, and he was killing Christians and other believers thinking that he was doing God a service. Man, you know, when stuff come out of our mouths in the church and it's not positive and you are being torn down and you take an offense, you're dying. Not dying for the cause of Christ. You let your flesh overtake you. So he thought he killing Christians and putting them in jail that he was doing God a favor. He had been massively deceived. Everybody say deceived. Then uh, he had a friend called Silas. Silas was a gospel missionary. He loved hooking up with Paul because they would go after the Gentiles and convert them to become families in Christ. And so God says, listen, here's my assignment for you, Paul and Silas. I'm going to send you over to Macedonia to get to Philippi. And there's other cities there, but I don't want you to minister in those cities. I want you to preach the good news in Philippi. Philippi was named after Alexander the Great. That's what Philippi was uh, uh, named after. And he says, I want you to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Somebody say good news. My question to you, all of us in here have heard enough gospel at our age that, well, we should be just walking sky high. Nothing would deter us. But why do we suffer with recycled Christians with the same problem, the same time, all the time? God wants to make a difference in your life. And it only can make a difference, watch this, if you renew your mind. Everybody say mind. mind. Renew your mind with what? Pornography? Renew your mind with gossip? Renew your mind with your struggles of the flesh? No, you can only renew your mind through the word of God. So if you're not into the word of God, you're operating on a carnal mind. In other words, let me show you what I mean real quick. If I was to ask you where you're from, what would you tell me? (laughs) That's a carnal mind, amen? As true as it is, as true as it is, there's something bigger. Now, I'm going to assume and lie if I'm, if I'm making it, okay? Just, just go agree with me, all right? That make me look right. But you are born again, right? Yes. You've accepted Christ? Yes. You sure? Because you're like, okay. So I'm going to ask you again, where are you from? Well, you are from the kingdom of God. My mind needs to be shifted to think like the kingdom of God that I may live heaven here on earth. If I keep speaking the word, I'm from my mama's womb, as true as that is, but you're born again. The old is gone, the new has arrived. I need to speak the kingdom of God, the principles of God, the promises of God, because that's the only way I'm going to defeat the enemy who comes to get back to my carnal mind. So a man or woman think of it in their heart, so they become. So whatever is in your heart, 
If it ain't the word, it's coming out of carnality, and you're going to build your old man and try to resurrect your old man. We'll call him Adam instead of feeding Jesus. So Acts 16, 31, it says this, believe. Is that up there? Yeah. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. I'm going to say that again. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. I am not trying to proclaim a household salvation, but it seems to me that the Lord is speaking to me in this. Darwin, if you remain tenacious, you remain humble, you remain seeking and pursuing me, and you keep me first, Darwin, my promise to you is that I'll get your kids. I will introduce my kids, your kids to you personally. I, I, that's my promise to you. You keep your eyes on the one, and I'll be the one that will help you reach the ones. Come on, somebody. So I have to remain faithful to God. Why does he say believe? Why believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Because he's the one that did the finished work, not just the work, but now I can enjoy the joy of my salvation as I'm working and walking with God Almighty. Help me, somebody. So they go here, and they send Paul and Silas, and they go across, and I get afraid. When God says, don't speak to a city or to a town or to a people. Could it be that judgment has already hit them? Has grace ran out for you? Because you refuse, he knows your heart before you do, and you choose to hold on to offenses, then freedom. And even in freedom, we get ourselves in trouble. We don't use the grace, we abuse the grace. And God wants you to use his grace because he's equipped you, What? With his son, the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And with he made all things. And without him, there's nothing made that's been made. And then the word became flesh. Do you know how God loves you? Psalms chapter 8, verse 4 through 6. Okay, that's 4 through 6. What is man? I'm talking to you men for a minute. What is man, young man? What is man? Stop trying to compare God to your earthly dad who has disappointed you. There's a new sheriff in town who loves you so much that he'll accept you the way that you are but will not leave you the way that you are. He will rise you up. You are a, a, a chosen vessel for Almighty God. What is man that you're so mindful of him? Do you know, men, that God is thinking about you even when you're not thinking about him? He says, I knew you before you were ever born, and I knitted you together in your mother's womb. Before you were even a cell in your mother's womb, I knew you. What is man that you're so mindful of him that he cares for you? So he's thinking about you always. He thinks about you so much that he had to bring you out from within to shape you and form you in his likeness and image and then gave you the breath of life. And with the breath of life came all authority and power. What is man that you're so mindful of him that you would crown him with glory? What? What's the glory? His image. Yet you would crown him with glory and honor. Wait, wait, wait. I got honor because he's got my, I'm his attention. That when you come to him and you get saved, everybody say saved. When you come to him and get saved, he stops all of heaven. Shut up. I want to hear my son or daughter 
confess this sin, admit to it, and then receive my son the free gift. And through them, I give them all authority and power on the heavens and the earth. What is man? See, I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm evangelizing you right now. I'm getting you to think about the kingdom. And he loved man so much that he knew man need a helpmate. Oh, y'all don't want to hear this time. He needs a helpmate. John needs Kaya. He's ADHD. Kaya has order. So what does God do? First, he gave man everything that he created. Everything. Put it in his charge. Whatever you name the animals and the beasts, I got your back. He's more faithful than gangsters who call homeboys, right? Now watch. So what does he do? He likes to wrestle, and he likes to box. He says, hey, son. <laughs> Knocks him out. Adam went down single but woke up married. Help me somebody. <laughs> Now, notice, 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 he made Adam from the dust of the ground, and he gave him the breath of life and all of his authority that goes with it. So he knocks him out, his son out. Then he goes inside of his son. He goes inside of his son, and he grabs the rib of Adam, and out of that rib, he makes somebody that's better than man to a degree. God made someone out of someone that's already been made. He made something and someone out of someone that's already been made in Adam who has that authority. Wakes up and says, yowza, yowza, yowza. He sees Eve, his brick house. And he says, this is flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone and she shall be called woman. Why didn't God go to the dust of the ground? To make Eve. Because everything you need from God is already inside you. You just have to choose to fall in alignment with God. So let me get here real quick because Paul and Silas went. They went out going over to Macedonia and they made a lady named Lydia. And Lydia heard John sharing the gospel. And the Lord opened up her heart. Trust me, beloved, there are times where God will harden your heart because he doesn't want you going down the journey that you don't know danger is ahead. So if God can harden a heart, he can soften a heart. So he opened up Lydia's heart and she received this good news. She in the household received the good news and they received Christ and she says this, hey, if you think I have found favor with God, and I seem to be this upright woman. Why don't you come over to our house? Let me make some dinner for you. And then we can head out for maybe prayer, but just stay with us. So the, Paul and Silas got persuaded. You still with me? So now they get up and they're on their way to prayer to this Jewish colony, right? A colony is made of 10 households and it was going to a commercial area. In other words, a glorified luxury swap meet. They're going on their way, and on their way to prayer, everybody say prayer. prayer. They get a visitor. See, when you start growing in God, let me put it like this. When you start obeying God, you saying you love him means nothing to him. But when you start obeying God, 
that means everything to him. Jesus said, if you love me, obey me. Why do you say you love me and you don't do what I'm telling you to do? Mom, dad, how do you discipline your kid when they don't obey you? That's what God is saying to you. Why are you going to tell me you love me, but you're not doing what I tell you to do? So on their way to prayer, if you have not attended a prayer session here, you're missing out. See, there's a time where God wants to break up the routine of the order of service. But the most disrespected person in the house of God is not you. It's not the pastors. It's the Holy Spirit. Because we're trying to do our own thing. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to men, but it would lead to death. The Holy Spirit is trying to refresh you, correct you, teach you because he's in love with you. Because the Holy Spirit is God as well. Help me somebody. So on this way to prayer, this woman of a divination spirit, sorcery, witchcraft, has a gift. How many know all gifts come from God? But the perfect gift came from God, right? And they get confronted. Paul and Silas are walking on their way to prayer. In prayer, things could be broken off, strongholds and principalities. See, God is interested in talking with you. Not a one-way conversation, but a two-way conversation. You stop asking for things and ask for more of him. Lord, let your will be done, not my will be done. Does that make sense? So in prayer, the devil doesn't want you talking to God. What many of us fail to realize is as you pray in English, the devil's already plotting. Now watch this. Not only is he plotting, but he's willing to pay the price from the world because he knows what you want. And when he pays that price, you think it's God. You think it's God. Remember in Luke chapter 4, this is not even my notes, I'm just, I'm sorry. In Luke chapter 4, where Jesus was tempted three times, and he turns around and says, just bow down and worship me, and I'll give you all the splendors of the world. Because, here it is, it was given to me, and I can give it to whoever I choose. All the devil wanted was Jesus to do was to worship him. So he got it from Adam. He didn't get it from Jesus. So the devil was listening to you pray. Oh, I need need this amount of money. And and you're still praying in English. You don't want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You don't want to have the evidence of stinking the tongue because you think it's of the devil. That the Spirit of God says that the devil can't even understand what you're saying because he who speaks in an unknown tongue doesn't speak to men, but he speaks to God. So he's plotting and set you up to remove you from your eternal destiny, your assignment. God gives everybody assignment like what Paul and Silas are on their way there. They're met by this woman of sorcery. What gets me is this is what she says. I heard of the light exposing darkness, but I never heard of darkness exposing the light. Could it be that we have such disobedient Christians that God will use somebody, the foolish things of the world, to confound the wise, and that person who may not be saved still might reap a reward from God? Here, this woman who's had this divination spirit, she turns around and she sees Paul and Silas. Now, I don't know if they were trying to be undercover or not. I don't know what their issue was. Maybe they're supposed to be preaching as soon as they entered into the town. But this woman was hounding them for days. And finally, she stands up there and she says aloud. Everybody say aloud. She says aloud, these men are 
are servants of the most high God who come to show you the way of salvation. What? She's not saved. She has a python spirit controlled by evil spirits, stronghold, and principality. And she's able to predict the future because she has a gift. Everybody say gift. So Paul gets angry. He says, in your anger, do not sin. But Paul just turned around and said, you know what? Enough. He turns around. Your battle's not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, principalities, strongholds, and evil out of the heavenly realm. He turns around, he speaks, and he takes command. You know how much authority you have? God gave you authority on heaven and earth. The only thing he didn't give you authority of is over himself. So he turns around. And he speaks to that spirit. He says, you foul, filthy spirit, you come out of her right now. And she would receive her deliverance within the hour. Did she get that deliverance because she obeyed what God exposed? God will use the foolish of things to confound the wise. Instead of always calling your pastors, instead of looking for pastors online, Instead of looking for people that want you to come in agreement, take up your authority and speak to that spirit in your home and tell it to get out. Spirit of rebellion, I am a child of the most high God. I'm an ambassador of Christ. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a peculiar child. And all authority has been given to me through Christ. Get out of my house. Let God restore your marriage. Let God restore your joy. Let God restore your peace. Let God show you all because adversity is meant for the man and woman of God who will not bend under the pressure. Secure this word I'm trying to bring to you today. Secure it. Lock it down. Adam and Eve failed to lock down, and that's why they got lost and loosened. But God chose to come to redeem us and give us hope again and restore us. So notice Paul and Silas, they go and they begin to preach this word. It's amazing to me that even Christians are dealing in sorcery. Christians, palm reading. Christians reading horoscopes. Christians playing Ouija boards. And you wonder why your life is turned so upside down. You cannot serve two masters. Any power outside the Holy Ghost power is no power at all. You have not, you have been deceived if you're indulging in darkness. Because John, first John 1 says, in him there is no darkness. Light and darkness have nothing in common, and the darkness has not understood the light. That's why it flees from the light when Jesus shows up. So here they are now, they're going through, and all of a sudden they hear. Paul and them see that woman that got delivered. So the magistrates and the people of the city got upset. You know why? It wasn't what she was saying was, that was not true, but the city began to look at her as the source to life. So when they start tapping with her money, <laughs> see, if you have problems tithing, you're not understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ. Money is just a tool to use to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ, to live and give people hope and redemption. This is why we evangelize. We don't stay inside. We go outside. I'm one of the most misunderstood evangelists you'll ever run across. And because I'm walking in my gift and my assignment, I have my wife supporting me and pushing me to be the best that I can be. The church labeled me as rebellious. 
You come here to destroy what I have built. Get notice to that. I have built. I thought Jesus said in Psalms 127, unless I build a house. Not this building because it's only. But he said, unless I build Donald. Unless I build John. Unless I build you. What you're doing is all in vain. So Paul and Silas. Get snatched up, Donald. You know how the gangs are, for those of you who are familiar with gangs, especially you young people. Let me show you the deception real quick. You're willing to die for a rag that cost me $1.99. You're willing to disrespect your parents and the authority, and this rag can I hear, feel, see, touch, think, and smell, but you're willing to die for it, but you won't die for the cause of Christ. We die for stuff instead of dying for him. And when you die for him, you grow in him, and you prosper, and you get promoted, and favor is back to your life. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, it was God who was personally present in Christ Jesus, choosing to forgive men of their sins. He counseled it without you even asking so that you could be restored to favor with almighty God. Then he says in John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one shall come to my Father but through me. Then all those who call on the name of the Lord in Romans 10.13 or 10.31 says, all those who call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. It doesn't sound like God is against you. Seems to me he's evangelizing you. Because the question is, are you willing to receive what he's evangelizing? So Paul and Silas get snatched up, man, because they touch the city's God, money. How do you act when you got to give up your money? I know how I acted. I didn't hesitate to pull that money up for that cocaine and that crank and that marijuana and that alcohol and wound up being strung out for eight years on cocaine, crank, marijuana, alcohol, became suicidal when my little girl died in my arms because I was not the daddy or a father. I was anybody can be a daddy. We're looking for men who could be fathers. But then when it comes to the church, man, that past, look, you see what he's driving? They just want my money. What did the devil want? Your money. Choose this day whom you serve. So what happened is this. Are you ready, sis? Here we go. The leaders of the city, the magistrates, saw what Paul and Silas had did in delivering this woman. In other words, the gift that she had went from darkness to the light. It's just like me, from darkness to the light. I'm still black, but it's the darkness to the light, right? Amen. And so they came and ordered people, and they snatched him up. And they ripped off their clothes, and they beat them with rods. Does that sound familiar to you? Sound like somebody is following in the footsteps of Jesus. Uh And so when that, they begin to put them down. And I'll give you the imitation. They're beating them down, beating them with rods. And can you see Paul and Silas? You can go ahead and play a little bit, sis. Paul and Silas are like... Oh, man. Mm. Man, Donald, they, they, they ripped my FUBU jeans. They stepped on my Stacey Adams, man. Man, can you believe they tore my Pierre Cardin's shirt? Man, they hit me in my eyes. It's still there, bro. My jaw is broke. My goodness. And they threw us into prison. This wasn't like your modern-day prisons with metal toilets, pool tables, 
weights, swimming pools. Oh, no, no, no. This prison was nasty. You was around dong. Come on, somebody. Deep hole, blocked away from the sun and had a bar. They throw him into prison, but Paul and Silas went willingly. Hear what I'm saying for evangelism. They went willingly. They never complained. I'm going to say it again. They never complained. They never complained. It was an honor to suffer for the cause of Christ. They're thrown into the prison. They're in trouble. They're probably going to die, be beheaded. And I believe, travel me in the theater of your mind, 2023. Bring it up to a modern day time. Paul and Silas are in the prison. And they're like, man, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? The Lord says, return to me, and I'll return to you. The outward man is being destroyed, but the inner man is still alive and well. My situation seems hopeless. I don't know what we're going to do. And can you see, Paul? I know what we're going to do. I'm going to begin to praise and worship God in this dirty prison with all the other prisoners because the Romans wanted nothing to do with Jewish culture. They hated Christianity. So y'all looking at me like you think I'm going to sing like Al Green. I wouldn't do that to you. But God gives gifts to the church. I asked my sister to bless you because I believe these were the songs that Paul and Silas were singing inside prison. Go ahead, sis. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice. If you know it, join in. circumstances like he wants to hear from his creation. Hospital. He touched me. 
And the Bible says that something began to happen. The atmosphere began to change. And all of a sudden, the jail cells broke wide open. Then the shackles fell off their feet. It fell off their hands. And they began to praise God. And it showed up and made a difference as they began to praise God. I thank God that when I pray, He hears me. I thank God when I praise Him, He hears me. I thank God when I worship, He hears me. I thank God will show up and show up. Hallelujah. He picked me up. Turn me around. Place my feet on the ground. I thank the master. I thank the Savior. I thank for keeping prisoners locked up was asleep and he heard the gospel he heard praise and worship taking place and he saw that the sails were open and shackles were off their hands and shackles were off their feet and the presence of the Lord was in the house the soldier takes out his sword in the Roman culture if you let the enemy escape you, they'll kill you the soldier decided, I'm not going to let them kill me. I'll take my own life. True Christianity, true evangelism is when you lay your life down for somebody else. And so as a soldier grabbed his sword to take his life, the man of God, Paul and Silas said, don't harm yourself for we are still here. You're not hearing me. You see, Paul and Silas were free on the inside and they recognized that there's no demon in hell. Nothing on the outside could ever lock me up again because I'm free on the inside. So the jailer runs to them, leads them out of the prison, takes them into his own household and says, what must I do to be saved? Oh, he was being a witness. He was evangelizing. 
and they shared the gospel of Jesus Christ and they all came to the Lord and they all got baptized and then Paul turned around and began, not Paul, the jailer began to turn around and heal their wounds and this is where the first church of Ephesus began behind a jailer. You all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You and your household shall be saved. One thing about inmates, now watch this, and I'm done. I'm going to bring Pastor John up. Being in law enforcement for 20 years, the inmates were always looking for a way of escape. They ain't looking for parole. They see the doors open. I'm out. None of them left. Not one of them left. Because when the praises go up, the presence comes down. And God becomes the earthquake. The earthquake wasn't for Paul and Silas. It was for the jailer. See, they knew if that jailer had taken his life, he would slip into eternity without Christ, burning in hell now forevermore. But all the prisoners, the guys that didn't seem to count, they refused to leave the presence of God. And they stayed in their cells. Beloved, here's the thing. Did God send Paul and Silas over to Macedonia, to Philippi, for that one jailer? For that one jailer? You mean to tell me that they took on that adversity, brother? They took on that spirit of Python? They took on the magistrates and let their bodies be beaten because God had a plan for that one jailer to start the church of Ephesus. Just like Paul and Silas crossed nations and cities to make a difference in one. Everybody say one. I said if you put your eyes on the one, he will help you reach the ones. You ain't hearing me. I want you to think about this. Pastor John will bring you up here. This is what Paul and Silas did. He turned evil men into God men. You know what plan that was off? God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans not to harm you, but to prosper you. Give you hope and a bright future. Paul and Silas traveled and endured all the kind of things. But why are we surprised? I love that revelation, but I want to remind you. He came from heaven to earth. From the earth to the cross. And from the cross to the grave, and from the grave to the sky, to lift your name on high. He paid the price. What price are you willing to pay to see somebody come to Christ? What price are you willing to pay to be the church instead of just going to church? What price are you willing to pay to become transparent and share your testimony because you overcome them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony? Don't say that you have to have a degree. Don't say that you have nothing to say. You know God brought you out and brought you to be born again and adopted you to be his very own. You got something to say. Your daddy, your mama, young people are waiting on you to see the change in behavior. Your kids are waiting to see the change of the behavior. The city is waiting to see the change of behavior. That we will stand up against immorality and produce morality. Even if it costs me my life, I gave my life for a purpose and a cause. And it's the one who changed my life. And his name is Jesus. You know how much God cares about the building? Come here, bro. Come here, Kaya. 
Y'all know his journey. They wouldn't have made it if you hadn't prayed. They wouldn't have made it if you didn't stay obedient to the Spirit of God. They wouldn't have made it if you had not became family. The church wouldn't have survived when the leaders go down. But the leaders rose up to the occasion. And this is why you have the building today. Because God has a plan for the building. Your household, my household, the community household, the, 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 the police officers, everybody in here. I'm pronouncing, declaring, decreeing that the building will be a lighthouse. Not just for Sassoon, not just for Fairfield, but all across the world. Take a good look, y'all. He was nearly dead, but yet he's alive. Hallelujah. You have witnessed a miracle. You have witnessed how couples should operate. That she covered her man, believed for her man, served her man, protected her man, and got a hold of the family of God. Secure the word of God because it's the word. Everybody say the word. It is the word that will make the difference. We can jump, we can shout, but how straight will you walk when you stop shouting and jumping? You got to stay secure in him. Not in anything else, but in him. Nobody will love you the way that God loves you. You said you got baptized because the spirit of God talked to you and you realized it gave you a revelation. I got somebody to live for. I got somebody to die for. I got a purpose and I can trust God who's the promise keeper. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying right now. Everybody say secure the word of God because God desire is to secure you. Come on, y'all. Y'all come on, give God some praise.